Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, I'm Greg Jenner. I'm the host of You're Dead to Me, and we are back for Series 5. Yes, it's the comedy show that takes history seriously. And on this series, get ready to hear about Frederick the Great of Prussia with Stephen Fry, no less. I'm just thrilled at this history lesson. Or learn a fair old amount, that's a pharaoh joke, about ancient Egyptian queen Hatshepsut with Kima Bob. What a vibe. And take a stitch in time as we discuss the Bayer Tapestry with Lou Sanders. Oh, I'm a gog. Plus we have many other lovely historical subjects where we're joined by top historians. That's You're Dead to Me with new episodes every Friday. Johnny good, isn't it? Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com Peacock Streaming. The biggest sports and live events on the planet. From Super Bowl 56. What a game this is. To complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. Streaming every event, every day. It's all the unprecedented. United States wins gold. Unstoppable. Sensational. Unbelievable. Sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Mate, that was unreal. Ah. Look at Matt with a retro look as well. He's got that. He, you know what? It's one of them days, isn't it? Where you're, where you're actually proud. You're like, let me dust off the big colours. Let me, let me wear it with pride. It's a big day. Big day. Well, Johnny... Johnny, I put my um, I've got a, a a two-year-old daughter, and I took her to to play football yesterday, and I, and she was wearing full kit, and I was like, is this just punishment, or is this like a, a good thing for a parent to do? And like today, <laughs> it's just like t- today, it's it's a great day to be an Arsenal fan, right? Yeah, yeah, we're literally a a wear it with pride today. I, I was trying to get my son there. I mean. Oh, he didn't really care. He's two years old. He's been at Peppa Pig World this weekend. Much more important. But the fact <laughs> is, is I'm trying to get him to tap in and go, listen, mate, your team has done the business today. It's fantastic stuff. Right. We are we are in. 
So we will have a little count in and then we'll go. Mirror man, mirror man, you twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good afternoon and welcome to an On The Whistle podcast. We're talking North London Derby Day. I'm joined by Johnny. Welcome, Johnny. with you guys. Hello. 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 Um, quite frankly, um, you know, I've just seen in the chat there, someone said, I feel like I'm tired of smiling after 90 minutes of grinning ear to ear, you know, and I, and I feel you, brother. I really do. Um, what a performance that was. And May, look, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on. There's some people who are going to be coming for me. Uh, you know, for some of the things that I've said, I'm happy to say, you know, have all of those debates this week. Um, it's 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 all very exciting on the large part. But what I want to start with today is a simple little sonnet that I've written, uh, an, an ode, if you like. And it goes like this. I'm an alien. I am a Ramsdalian. I love that <laughs> goalkeeper from Stoke. I love oh, it. I'm an alien. It, it, I mean, what a start. Listen, forget about it now. Call, call me a convert because I tell you what, thirty million looks like a fucking snip. Yes, <laughs> that's what I like. Oh yeah, Matt, Matt Candela, can you top that songful intro that Johnny just dropped? How are you feeling right now, Matt? I am on cloud nine, mate. I am literally on cloud nine. I can't believe what we've just seen. Uh, it's all it's all looking good. The future's bright. Arsenal are back. Uh, and I know this is what we do. As, I know this is what we do as Arsenal fans. I know it is. But man of the match, I've got to say, uh, our new right back. I know that's I know that's a crazy thing to say, but our right back was absolutely outstanding today. Yeah, well, I, I absolutely agree with you. But who wasn't outstanding? Listen, let's get let's get let's get into the let's get into the hottest takes. I want to get into the into the meat the meat of the podcast. North London Derby, hottest takes. Matt, take it away with the hot take. We're back. Um, we judged them too fast. We had, this, we, had our, we had our full team out there. You can see what's building. I know it's been painful. I know it's been painful. But this is the real deal, what we're building here. It is the real deal. We've got to keep them fit. We've got no squad depth. We know that. I'll caveat it with that. But this first team is a match for anyone, I think, outside top two or three uh it's exciting and best of all what you saw is we fought every single step of the way we fought for every second ball and i for one am so excited about 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 what this means johnny like let's heat it up even more let's heat it up even more johnny what have you been thinking about over the last 15 minutes since that game ended what's the what's the feeling what's the vibe what is the hottest take so, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't have been the only one. In fact, I know I wasn't. Um, Matt brought it up during the game, um, whose eyes were drawn to the legend, the deity that is Thierry Henry, and how crisp he looked today. Like, he, if ever you want someone to personify Arsenal class, that's what he's about. Oh. That's what he does. You look at him, and every Arsenal fan goes, he represents me. When I'm on top swagger, that's what you're doing. You know what I mean? You're rocking retro. You look sharp. Everything's on. I, I, I hate to go down these, like, you know, trashy, but on fleek. It's real. It's that, you know what I mean? You, you're, you're absolutely flashing, you know, and Omri looks sharp. And I thought that he was a personification 
of how we looked in the first half. That's the best first half performance I have ever seen under Arteta. It was the best I can remember yeah. in recent times. We absolutely systematically took apart that Tottenham team. They didn't want any of it. They didn't want any of it. It was a boxer up against the ropes. Get, and you know what? They're covering up and we're going, we'll work the body then. Smash, smash, smash. <laughs> Cutting you to ribbons. It's absolutely horrible. They didn't want any more of it. Their heads went down because we, our heads were not only up, but our towels were up. And we looked like we could get in and get the goods at any time. Any time we wanted. And why I thought that was so important, and we'll get to this, because I think, you know, if we want to look objectively at where Project Arteta Ball is, um, there are still some um, question marks, if you like. For everyone who might have said that um, I maybe, and people like me, jumped the gun, if you like, after our first three losses, then if you want to label that accusation at me or and others, then you obviously don't want to jump the gun after three wins that <laughs> look positive. So let's cut a middle ground and go, at the end of the day, things look good and they certainly look promising. But the only thing that you would say with Arteta is he's sold us this dream before where we... What he needs to show is that we are not just going to be an erratic team under him that just basically goes boom or bust all the time. You know, because last year at, at Christmas, it looked like we were in a rally scrap. Next thing we go on a run and everyone's talking about we'd be top of the league since Christmas. What what we need to do is, yeah, exactly, you right there, Pete. So what we need to do is get into a system where we are putting in consistent performances, not always playing magnificently, but getting the results. But what one thing you can't take away in terms of the Arteta pluses, and, and you know, he gets some spec for this, 100%. We looked coherent moving forward. We looked dangerous. We Yes, there were some excellent individual performances, but I saw, you know, loud and clear what they were trying to do. And I can't tell you how good that felt as an Arsenal fan. My, ha- my heart was racing. It, it was amazing. It was amazing to see that we could actually understand what the team were, team were trying to do and not just understand it. We were seeing the positive results when they were, you know, the positive results born out of the plan actually being executed well. And again, against your nearest rivals to do them like that, you can't, you can't be anything but delighted with what we saw. I, I, yeah, I love that. I love that take. It was a furnace, but then a little sprinkling of water. Just a little bit of sprinkling water to douse the flame a little bit towards the end. That was nice. I also want to say, before I get into my hot take, when people come, other Arsenal fans, after a win, we're all Arsenal fans. We all want to see a win. No one's so wrapped up in their own views that they're not going, do you know what? That was absolutely incredible today. A North London derby win is a North London derby win. And that's a win for every single fan, regardless of their opinions. Um, my, My hot take is... Yes, Johnny, we, we have seen boom and bust before. But let's not kid ourselves that when we were in the boom, we felt like we were in the boom. Post-Christmas, we finished second for points, second most goals, third best defence. But it never felt like that. It, it, you ne- you didn't, you, like, everybody was like, oh, wow, have we really done that since Christmas? That's incredible because it doesn't feel like it. And Arsenal and Arteta needed a performance that we could feel And that's what happened today. Like, out the traps, pressing aggressively, every single player putting in a peak performance. Like, listen, 
there were a lot of question marks about Granit Xhaka before the game because you know no he's symbolic of a past that we don't like but he played he had a fantastic game out there today uh, you know reliable started both goals Aubameyang yeah. you know we've all questioned his commitment to the cause you know uh, uh, maybe unfairly after the season the year that he had on a personal side last season but he ran the line like a beast a lot of people wanted James Madison someone called him the Abitha Coutinho who is regretting not signing James Madison now? No one. Martin Erdegaard, top four presser in the lead, leader in the pitch, total control. What a classy, classy player that is. And then the last one, Aaron Ramsdale. Oh, my word. He had absolutely no right, no right to get to that deflected shot. Unbelievable. It was disgraceful how good it was. Referee should have blown up and said, you're not allowed to do that. Some, <coughs> something's going on there. Someone naughty. put something in your water bottle. Absolutely naughty. Naughty, naughty, naughty. And the final part of the hottest take. Um, Mikel Arteta has been talking up the fans, like, as almost like part of the squad. And he's been, he's been you know, he made he made a quite a controversial point. He said, there's a difference between fans and supporters. And what we've been having at the stadium is supporters. And I've, you know, I, I, I like that. We need more of that. This is a young team. We ended the game with only two players over the age of 23 years old. Um, the fans were absolutely electric today. Like listening to that noise after the after the game, watching Arteta and the players going round and bowing down to the fans. That's what we need every game. A young squad like that will come away from that game and they'll love playing in the Emirates. So Fair play to the fans today because that's what makes the game exciting. Everybody hanging out. Spurs fans leaving after 35 minutes. Oh, I inject it right into my veins. <laughs> oh, my word. Right. So uh, now we're sort of uh, trying try and center ourselves for the next, uh, the next section. We're going to go straight into top performance. I-, I thought there were 11 top performers out there today, but you can only have one or two. Uh, Matt Candela, who were your top performers today? Who stood out? Well, you know, um, I was, we were on our little WhatsApp group before and I was saying, uh, I've got a really good feeling Smith Rowe is going to step up and deliver what we need him to deliver. And, um, and it seems crazy. Oh, oh he's, he's, yeah. he's going to no, give no. He's, he's not played his internet bill, oh, is he? no. Missing. He's coming until back Mac and Deli, you're buzzing in and out. Oh, you're here. You get it? I know. The that. Wi-Fi, I don't know what's... Yeah. The no, Wi-Fi is saying, an Arsenal um, fan. I thought... I, I was just saying that I think um, that, that I was talking about Smith Rowe before the game. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Well, yeah. We got you now, yeah. I was talking about Smith Rowe before the game, but who would have thought I'd end the game of, a, of, a, of an incredible offensive performance talking about our right back? I mean, I didn't realise how much we missed a right-back until we had a right-back. We have been dealing with absolute dross for so long. We've been going, Maitland-Niles might be the answer of right-back. And then you put a guy in there like Tommy and you're like, jeez, this is what a real right-back does. He was absolutely everywhere. How do you come into a new league like that and deliver a performance like that? Unbelievable from start to finish offensively defensively, my man of the match, incredible performance. Johnny, who was the standout performer uh, for you today? Do you know what? 
I do actually believe that I, me and Matt are very much watch the same game because um, there are three players that I think are, you know, and let's be honest, there's no one out there who didn't play sick. Top, top performance. I thought Ben White, you know, deserves some credit oh. for how he marshaled Kane. It just looked great. I really do. You know, I like that. I like that stuff. Anyone who was worrying about him in the air, he was dominant. I really liked what he had to offer. Gabriel, great as well. Thomas Party, just the team. The team goes as he goes, and so is, and it's so often the case. But overall, I thought the three players that deserve special recognition were um, Emil Smith Rowe. At the end of the day, you get a goal and assist. You completely influence the game in everything you do, and it's it's one of the biggest reservations we have about Smith Rowe, a player that I think every Arsenal fan likes and can see the potential with. But he just simply, if you're going to have the ten on your back. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. I said it last week. You've got to deliver. And that means goals. That means assists. It's not just nice dribbles, mate. And at the end of the day, in the biggest game, the biggest moments, you've got guts. You've got guts. You're Croydon De Bruyne yeah. and you're messing people up. That's what... It, it looks silly. It looks silly. He was absolutely massaging that Spurs team at will, taking what he wants out the till. It's, it's great to see. It's really good to see. Um, so top marks from Smith Rowe and a real, this could be, particularly after his goal um, in the last game, this can be a launch pad for him now because he is starting to, okay, it's been a couple of games, you're influencing the game in big ways, major ways, the ways that we need you to. And it's happened in, you know, small sample size, but with regularity, keep it going. And we might see a real, you know, a real breakout moment for Emil Smith Rowe to become one of the best. One one of the top players in the leagues, straight up. That's the potential he has. Tommy Yasu, when you when you bring this man's name up now, I think, you know, it's been a few weeks, so it's you have to try to pinch yourself and say, don't get carried away. But the guy's an absolute rude boy. He really is. He's 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 diesel in there, isn't he? And anyone who wants it with him, he's up for it. No one's knocking him around. He's got intensity. He's first to the ball all the time. His energy is absolutely infectious. He offers something. Do you know one of the things that we talked about when he first came in? We were like, I was not going to offer anything going forward. He's more just a kind of solid player. And I do think that largely that kind of, you know, is borne out. But on the same note, I think he does offer something going forward. Um, He's very good on the ball. He receives it well. He's not panicked. He's not like he's a guy who is terrible on the ball and is just good at tackling. Quite the opposite. That's not the case. Um, And, you know, I, I think that he has been an absolute standout player over the last month. He's been a different gravy, quite honestly. And really, I thought Matt said it best when he says that you don't realise how key a right-back can be to a team until you see what Tommy Asu's done and how much we've missed it. Because whilst I loved Hecky Bells for the duration of his career at Arsenal, I like what he's about. He's not been at the level required for a while now, and, and that is shown with the lack of intensity in, in recent seasons from him. And Tommy Asu is looks like light years ahead of that. And he looks like he's going to give you 100 no matter what. And then the third player, and I'll, and I'll keep this short, because I sung, I sung his name at the top of the top of the shop. Um, Aaron Ramsdale, okay, look. And, you know, for anyone who was out there going, give the guy a chance and stuff coming at me, I'll hold my hands up. Honestly, I like what I've seen. I like the cut of this young man's jib. He is matching intensity. He is, I think, pretty decent on the ball. Certainly, I'm more confident with him with the ball at his feet than I ever was with Leno. And one of the only questions is, can you 
influence games with your goalkeeping ability, like big saves that can actually change the course of a game. And that save at the end was an absolute world-class save. There's no ifs, no buts. It was a world-class save. I didn't know he, I didn't know he was going to be doing those kinds of things at Arsenal. I didn't know if he had the concentration. Was he a, you know, a lower league team, a lower league goalkeeper who has to face loads of shots and sure has saves quite a lot because he faces lots, but hasn't got the competi- uh, the concentration to play at a top team. No, he looks like he's got everything and I love the intensity and I love Aaron Ramsdale right now. I, I, I've got to say I'm a bit of a convert. I think I think one of the things that I was thinking about as I was walking home was the fact that what's come out of a lot of the articles and a lot of the stuff we've read is that a couple of those decisions around transfers, specifically Ramsdale and uh, Tomoyasu, were Arteta decisions. They, they, he, he, whether he overrid data or he decided that was his point of view. And, you know, when Arteta's reputation is sort of in the mud a little bit, we're, we're sort of worried about that. We're going, is that the right, is that the right call? Is, is that the right decision? Should he be making those decisions? But I think that when you see it work like today and in a game like today, then you go, one of the biggest issues we've had at Arsenal for a decade is mental fragility. It is. It's just, it's just like so deep, so deeply ingrained. We're, we're mentally weak. And we've brought good players and then they just come to us and they become like weak. And I think it looks like this summer, one of the big things that especially Arteta was looking for is like character in players real character and like you just feel the difference when you've got like Leno and Bellerin on paper you're like oh that's like two really top players they're two top players Leno and Bellerin they're not they're not bad players but what they aren't they're not they're not character filled They're, they're great guys they're great players they're great pros but replacing them with two people who look like they've got a lot of character in Ramsdale and and Tomiyasu you're just like my God, we've needed this for so long. And like you begin to look through the list of all the players we've signed this summer and you go, the one thing that unites all of them is the fact that they are character-filled players. And and we've been so desperately in need of it. And then you look back at the first three games when they weren't available and guess what was the thing that was creating all the issues? A lack of character, really. It was a lack of character. And over the course of these players coming back, you're beginning to see a sense of an Arsenal team that's that could uh, let's not jump the gun. We're always jumping the gun. We're Arsenal fans, right? Yeah, but that's true. but but you begin to see a bit of the steel that Arteta is looking for in this Arsenal team. And then you see that every single one of those goals we scored today was yes, they were brilliant moves, but every single one of them relied on us winning a second ball, winning a duel. And that's where we've been so poor in so many games. But today we won all the jewels. We won that. And, we, and you've got to earn the right to play football is what they always say. And we won the right by winning those jewels. And, um, and I'm just, I think the character across the board is something to be really, really, really recognised. Um, I'm just saying, I know you're going to come in, Pete. I just, I thought that was a really good point from Matt as well about the fact that, you know, these players like Leno and Bellerin, they were weather vanes. They would blow the way the wind was blowing. And at the end of the day, we need people who can, you know, stand against the wind and, and, and push it back. And, and we are starting to pad our squad with more of those characters, people who can stand up and be counted. And it's great to see. Yeah. And 
I, I agree with all those points and love the players that you picked there. I think um, I think there were some obvious great performances out there today. I like Martin Odegaard because he just does a fantastic job. And, you know, I, I think that he is going to be one of our most consistent performers this year. But it, the two things that I love about Martin Odegaard, firstly, the vitriol aimed at Arsenal signing him was embarrassing. You know, we all saw him. He was a great player last season, great behind the scenes, but he's imposing himself on games. He leads that press like an absolute demon. And Johnny, I, I, I think he's fast. I think he's fast. I'm not happy. I think, okay. he's, I, I, okay. I think he's fast. Um, but the, the two players I do want to talk about, because actually I don't think they're going to get a lot of credit. Ben White and Gabriel look fantastic. They look like a fantastic partnership. And Gabriel just gives me so much security watching him. He's just mopping up all the time. Like he's, he doesn't have the most expressive range of passing. But every pass that he makes is well thought out. He's he's lost a bit of that rashness for sort of jumping in like he did at the start of last season. But like what a what a composed young defender he looks like at the moment. And again, I know we we, we keep on saying it. He's a very very big centre back. He's a he's a he's a burly traditional English centre back in size. And it's just great having that sort of um, that physically imposing centre back. Because we're going to play a lot of big strikers this season. Um, you know, you just think about the Brentford game. You're watching, uh, watching Tony uh, for Brentford yesterday bully Liverpool's centre-backs in the air. I, I feel that Gabriel is a match and will be a match for that going forward. Um, and then Ben White. like Ben White came with a big price tag. And uh, I, I feel like there's a, there was a little bit of... There was a bit of a, a base of fans that kind of wanted to see him... F- fail a little bit you know he was kind of part of the you know Arteta doesn't know what he's doing um spending 55 million on a centre-back was stupid um but I thought he had a fantastic performance today uh you know the the grass was watered it was cut he found his range some of the long balls that he made were fantastic but what I love about him he's so quick into the back of players like he's straight up the back every time and um I don't think he played as well as Gabriel. Like Gabriel is the star centre back, as far as I'm concerned. But I saw enough from Ben White today to go. We got we got a gem on our hands. It's going to take. I think it's going to take a while for him to work out. You know, like that sort of telepathic thing that Virgil Van Dijk has, where he just knows where the runners are going to be, and he knows that if he pings a 70 yard ball, that's where the that's where a strike is going to be. Because you know, there was a moment today. Thomas Partey played out of the back, and he pinged a 60-70 yard ball right to Aubameyang's feet. Disgusting. And Aubameyang, yeah, he's been living in the desert for so long that the the you know the, the glass of water landed next to him. He didn't know what to do with it. You know, like he was like, <laughs> what's this? Someone's found a run. And I think Ben White is gonna figure out um Aubameyang, Smith Rowe, and Saka. And those those long balls today, and I'm 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 moving a little bit over to more performance stuff, but the ability to find our wide players with long balls has just changed the game. That donut football is gone because we can play long balls. We can play quick vertical passes and we're not so bad with the deep block defending now. So we've got, we've gone from having one style of attacking football to three almost immediately. And that's because we built from the back. We've got a great creative midfielder and our attackers are now making uh taking gambles on runs because i think a little bit of last season with Oba was what's the point in making a run 
there's no one in the team that's going to be able to find me. And that sort of beats you down. So um, my, my star performers were um, Gabriel and Ben White, because I, you know, I, 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 I am genuinely excited to have those two in the side. I think two 23-year-old centre-backs, like imagine what they're going to be like in a couple of seasons' time. I mean, the one thing I would uh, kind of push back a little bit on is, and it's purely because, you know, I'll probably slip into one of those categories myself. But, you know, with regards to Ben White, I think, you know, in terms of people's sentiment towards the signing of him, there's a, they're mutually exclusive, the positions of, you know, wanting him to foul, shall we say, and I'm not sure he's worth 55 million. I was certainly in the group who was not sure he was worth 55 million, but I'd never wanted him to foul. And I always actually thought he was a good defender. I always thought that, you know, I just thought that we were playing slightly more for the English premium. And I thought that he, and there'll be lots of other Arsenal fans like this, just not sure that he's going to prove to be 50. But what I would say is that on a performance like this, it looks like good money. And this is, this is how, this is how significant, big performances in big games like this can prove to be. They give everyone confidence, not just the fans, but everyone on the pitch, all the yeah. playing stuff, all the, all the staff in the building. Like, actually, you guys, are, you guys have got it, as opposed to looking at it and being like, again, we don't really know what's going on, so we don't even know how to judge you yet. Um, so these, in, in any great team, uh, in, their, in their ascension to the top, there are landmark performances along the way. There are moments yeah. where you stand up and because it, it builds trust within the unit as well of, oh, actually, we are as good as we think we can be. And this was one of those games. I'm not saying it means we're destined for greatness, but if we are destined for greatness, we will definitely look back on a game like this and say that was a massive, massive checkpoint along the way to where we are. Uh, and you're, you're correct there. I, I think the okay, so... I think there's a difference between a sceptical Arsenal fan and this kind of like, there's a breed of very online supporters that want to slay everything. You know, like, I, I, this is just get the, the, I had to sort of go on a bit of a banning spree in the comments section of my blog because I, you know, I arrived last night and I'm looking through. North London Derby Eve is about a celebration of everything Arsenal. And, you know, you get into the comments section of my blog and people are like, oh, like, this isn't an important game you know, this only matters to Arsenal fans. And, you know, this player's dead. Arteta is going to get the sack after this. Maybe we should lose uh, because then we get rid of him early. And, I, you know, I, I spend a lot of time deep in that part of um, internet culture. And it's it's so toxic compared to what you see in the ground. And, like, Johnny, you always have a, you always have a view on a player, but you always want them to succeed. And if they do succeed, you shift your opinion. There's a group of people... That don't ever shift their opinion. You know, like I'm, I'm reading comments about Granit Xhaka after a fantastic mm. performance late on and, uh, and people still can't say Granit Xhaka had a great game today. And yeah. I think that that's, that's more the sort of angle that I'm targeting. Yeah. Uh, and talking Matt, about- Matt looks like he's talking, but I can't hear him. But I would just say on that point, Pete, in general, um, you know, yeah, I do think there are a lot of fans that get too entrenched. Um, there's, there's a self-importance of they need to be proved right. Listen, if Arteta wins as a Champions League in the next couple of years, I'll hold my hands up and go, I call for the guy to be sacked. I thought he earned the sack. I still do think he yeah. earned the sack back then. But I'd be love to be proved wrong. I'd love to hold my hands up and go, thank God we didn't sack him. He's, he's amazing. And and all of these players, I'm loving the fact that Ramsdale's looking sick. Let's go. We've got a sick keeper. I'm on it. Let's do yeah. it. Yeah. 
Matt, were you about to say something? You got to unmute. You, you muted yourself. Matt is having extreme technology problems today. He's like watching my watching my grandma trying to do the WhatsApp <laughs> over here. <laughs> he does, he does, he's literally like, uh, yeah, oh, he's gone and he's back. Yeah, we can't hear him at all. We can't hear no. him at all. I think he was probably going to say something about his love for, for Smith Rowe. He's actually dropped out of the stream. Um, so, Johnny, talking of players that went into the game with um, a slightly tarnished reputation, where the YouGov poll that we do on the Grove ranked players one to five. And after the Manchester City game, Granite Jacker came in with a fan 1.9, which is, we got to sell you in January um, if we were in charge of the club. But let's talk about the Granite Jacker uh, redemption today. Tim Stillman. I always mention Tim Stillman on this podcast, but Tim Stillman said the general pattern with Granite Jacker is after a red card, he drops worldy performances. Yeah. And no, I wouldn't say it was a worldy performance, but let's be honest, he started two goals. Uh, He was extremely reliable out there today. He made a lot of tactical fouls that he got away with. And he was a key part of that victory today. What did you think of the Granite Jacker performance? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Before he, um, you basically in the start, when we saw the starting lineup, um, I certainly was almost a little disappointed to see Jacker back in the team. Um, I think that if nothing else, it sets a bad precedent at the club where you can behave like that. You know, not only... Um, you know, and we don't want to go too deep down the vaccine thing, but the fact is he's denied vaccine. He's ended up with COVID. It's a little bit your own responsibility one way or the other. You are an elite athlete. Um, but before that, one thing that was unquestionably his fault was the red card. Um, and it was just normal Xhaka being shit, basically. But what I said at the time in the thing, you can listen back to the pod, is for me, I won't get too carried away with the red card just purely because this is what Granite Xhaka is about. Anyone who's surprised at this at this stage just doesn't watch Arsenal. That's what he gives you. He's going to get sent off again during the season. There's no question about that. He's yep. going to score an own goal or do something stupid. I reckon we've got another two to three of them. There will be clear games where he'll probably cost us um, because that's what Granite Jack is about. And if Arteta keeps choosing him, then this is what you're going to get. And I don't see the point in complaining about it anymore. But also inbuilt in Granite Jacker is just as... Um, you were, you know, um, talking about uh, Tim Stillman's perspective. And that was, you know, this is what Granite Xhaka also does. He puts in big shifts every now and then where you go, do you know what? This guy is actually, he's a bit not naughty. Bad. Yeah, he's he, not can, bad. He, he can rock it with these guys. He looks very good. I thought there were certain bits that he did in terms of f- splitting the lines, you know, um, getting the ball, winning the ball deep and getting it into our attacking players early, feeding Smith Rowe, <clears> who's then running at you know, a despondent Tottenham back line. Uh, and he did set the tempo in a lot of ways, but I thought he was obviously equally matched by how good Thomas Party was. So Thomas, I love him. He was excellent. Um, but ultimately, um, if you do, again, want to take it on a more objective scale, I do think that one way or another, and fans will have a different perspective on this, but I think one of the things that is happening now is you're going to say, at least at this point, we are going to go as Granite Xhaka goes, because if he's, if Arteta is going to keep um, putting him in the team, then in the games where Xhaka has a brain fart and he gets sent off, we'll probably lose. And in games where we play, he plays like this, we'll probably win. And the fact is, is I and others have called for a more consistent presence in there, someone who is more reliable, if you will. Um, I think Lukonga certainly either has been showing it or certainly could grow into that. 
Um, but at the end of the day, Granite Xhaka, I've said that I think he's good enough to get into the top four. You can get into the top four with him as long as he's not the most important player on the pitch. And nothing's changed my mind with that. I think he could, and I think that's his ceiling. He's not consistent enough to go any further than that. He will cost you too many points along the course of a season. But at this stage, you know, you, you've got to take your hats off. I questioned that whether or not he should be in the team, and he, and he played well today. Matt, you are back. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yes, hopefully we can hear you. Matt, Granite Jack of Redemption. Yeah, I mean, I think... Um, the one thing that all the managers who have worked with Granit Xhaka seem to celebrate is his leadership versus his playing skills. You never hear them talk about, oh, it's his left foot, it's his ability to cut the lines, it's, it's his verticality. You always hear them talking about his leadership skills, the influence he has in the dressing room. And I think that's the biggest thing that he's brought to Arsenal. And, and again, I think it goes back to that point, which is we've been a team severely lacking in leadership. And so... It's a bit like being in the desert, and when you've got like a, a you know, half a glass of water around, you want to you want to you want to drink it, and I think that's been the case with Shaka. So I think it's been more about his ability to lead versus his playing ability, and hopefully, as we bring in more players like Lakonga, I mean, who who seems like the replacement long term or medium term for for Xhaka, we, we, he'll he'll begin to play a lesser role in the team. I think that seems like the vision, right? I mean, we brought yeah. this guy in who was a captain of Anderlecht, who's 21 years old, who's more mobile. But today he was he was really, really good. And, you know, we all know what he's going to do. He gets frustrated. He gets annoyed. I think he's a player who, I love that term Johnny came up with. He's a weather vane. And so... You know, if, we, if maybe if we put him in a team that's highly functional and is working well, he can step up as well. It wouldn't surprise me. But we always know what's coming. It's always after a few games of playing well. So, you know, I think the, the, the simple fact of the matter is we've been warned. He will deliver some good performances. He did today. We should celebrate him and celebrate that. But we need a long-term replacement. I, I did... Um, I, I have spoken to people in the game about what the fascination with Granite Jacker is. And a lot of people have said that uh, there are certain players in the side that everybody trusts, the manager, the coaches and the other players. And I think the, I think the take on Granite Jacker is he's just really reliable. You can trust him in there to do a very specific job. Um, you know, no one talks about Granite Jacker's left foot, but they do. He's extremely efficient with his passing. I know he has a, a few wayward passes during the game, but he's, you know, for a player that lacks pace and mobility, he's quite often in really good positions yeah. on the pitch. There's, there's, there's one really, really important thing about reliability, which struck me today. So Gabriel last season got COVID and, yeah. and lost his form for half a season. Granite Xhaka got COVID two weeks ago and is back playing at full throttle. And I think, and I'm not saying it's all, there's not a, there, I think I'm saying to everything, there's a physical and a mental element. But I think that Xhaka is one of those people who is so mentally strong that it's absolutely no surprise to anyone that COVID didn't kick him in the balls and leave him struggling for four, for four months. You know, as soon as the suspension's over, he's rearing, he's ready to go. He's at 100% ready to play in a North London derby. 
And I think that's the other piece around reliability beyond like positional play or passing because so many players have struggled from coming back. We don't know whether it's, he's been vaccinated. Not, I mean, it sounded like from Mourinho's post that he hasn't been vaccinated. So he's bounced back mm. straight away. I, do, I, I would just, I, the, the one thing I'd caveat that with, Matt, and, and I do, I appreciate the point around his reliability. I watch a lot of American um, kind of sports shows and they talk about uh, a great phrase that they always use is the greatest ability is availability. And this, this is as simple as that. The fact is, is you, there's no point in being like Messi in terms of talent if you only play one game a year. Great, we'll have one great one game a year. You've got, you got to be turning up and you've got to be, you know, put in the boots on the field to get the results. But the problem is, is I wouldn't read too much into the COVID thing just because we don't, you know, then you start getting into the medical side of it and different people to react to COVID in different ways. And there are some people who are, you know, elite athletes who end up really debilitated by the illness uh, and some that, you know, smoke 20 a day and they're, they're shaking it off like it didn't happen. So I wouldn't necessarily say it was down to, his mentality, it affects people in different ways. So, you know what I mean? I don't think we can necessarily read too much into it on that front. I think that's fair. But I also think he's just one of those players, whether it be by luck, could also be, be purely by luck or yeah. by chance. But he he's relentless. I mean, he's fucking relentless. He's relentless in the way that <laughs> any other player would have left Arsenal. I mean, they would have, <laughs> wouldn't they? They'd have gone and been playing in the Bundesliga. It's way easier. And for some reason, he's still here fighting for his place. And there's something, whether it be some weird, like, sadomasochistic streak that he has, but there's something in it that keeps him here. I mean, it's no other player would. <laughs> you, you well, no other player would. I mean, yeah. can you, it's, it's Harry it's, Kane. Harry Kane didn't get his move to Manchester City, and it looks like it's it looks like it's really affected his game. Yeah. Granit Jacker didn't get his move to Roma, and he's straight back in. Doesn't doesn't bother him. He's like, all right, I'll be committed to you then, and uh, you yeah. know, I'll drop a drop a top class performance in a North London derby and and, and bring home the bacon. Uh, so I I want to move on to um, a, a subject that we, we we probably won't go overboard on. The Hayland Heroes. We're all living in a Hayland Wonderland. I wrote that tweet and I was like, that is it. That is it. That was a Hayland production today, right? Yeah. A lot of good players out there, but that was a Halen production. Uh, Bakayo Saka, a lot of people calling for him to play out on the right. Uh, Pepe, not really impressed that much um, on, in the position, hasn't really taken his chances. Bakayo Saka gets his chance to play in a position that reaped a lot of rewards last year. Smith Rowe gets the opportunity to play in front of the home fans, in front of his first full capacity North London derby. And my oh my, did those two impress? I think... Um, I think Alfred, um, uh, who used to be on the podcast, said in the in the week that when they came on against Wimbledon, it was the men showing the boys. And I wasn't sure that that would translate into the North London derby. But let's be honest, Smith Rowe and Saka were difference makers today. Uh, are they back? Are the hangovers and the and the worry about the number ten shirt? Do we think that that is a significant performance? Um, for, for the rest of the season. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, let's be let's be real with things. Um, Saka and Smith-Rowe were dishing out beats. Absolute slaps. <laughs> it was lovely to see. And and the thing is, look, you can, people can say this is, you know, a bit, uh, almost a bit like, oh, right, okay, it's cliche, you know, that we would say it. But 
these London boys, they know what it means to yeah. play in a North London derby. Jack Wilshire knew what it meant to play in a North London derby. All of these guys who rolled through, but even Sol Campbell, he knew what it meant. He just was playing on the other team before, but he still knew what it meant. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, the fact is, is even if you're an Arsenal fan living in Delhi, living in New York, living in, you know, wherever else, Hawaii, the fact is, is you know that when your your players are from that locale and they, they have been born in the shadow of the stadium, there is something, you know, you feel bonded to that player. You feel that they are Arsenal through and through and they show it in big games like this. And I thought Aaron Ramsey become a bit of a surrogate for that as well. He, you know, he he wasn't exactly a London boy, but by the end it just rubbed off on him so much that he, you know, he he he, he could, he, he bled it basically. And um, for a, one of the things that used to fuck me off, right? And I was straight up. This Harry Kane bullshit that he's the top scorer in this fixture, horrible bastard. The fact is, is that he's a he's a London guy as well. He knows that what this fixture means, and for him to have scored so much in this fixture, he would love it. Do you know what I mean? It it, it annoys me, and so for the Tottenham fans to see the Croydon De Bruyne and Starboy just running riot at him and going, "Look, we we've we played against you at every youth level, and we smashed you." And we're doing it again now. And we're the big boys. It's lovely to see it put a hiding on Tottenham. And because of their age and their profile, there's every feeling after a game like this that you've got another few of these coming up over the next couple of years. Because we're going to want it every time. Are you? Love it. And Johnny, let's uh, let's let's be fair to Harry Kane. He did contribute today. He contributed the assist for Saka. Yes. Yeah. Very nice, kind of him. Yeah, fifteen stone of slow man sliding in uh, and Saka <laughs> picking it up off the back of it. That was uh, that was pretty fantastic, Matt. The Halen Heroes production um, is this significant? Uh, do games like this mean something, or is it you know? Whatever? As you know, as you know, Pete and Johnny, I am a massive ESR fanboy, and you know it's not been the easiest start to the season. Those first three games for a number ten at Arsenal. I mean. He said absolutely fuck all to help him. And then every time he's played in the in the League Cup and, and, and begun to show against some of the weaker teams in the league, he's stepped up. But you were like, is he the kind of guy who in the big game is going to step up today? Because at number 10 at Arsenal, I mean, with a full team, you've got to deliver today. And the thing that was giving me hope before the game was that he was our best player when we beat them last season. He absolutely ran them ragged down the left-hand side. And he did the same again today. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. It's his mental strength. I think he just looks like a player who is unafraid to take the burden of creativity on. I mean, you need to look at that first goal again, the run from deep. He wasn't even in the picture when he was cutting it back. He just That run was just absolutely outstanding, completely unmarked. And it just, it just sort of reminded me of, Great Arsenal players make their mark against Tottenham. Pires was a guy who was just always like, every time it's Tottenham, I'm there. I'm available. I'm ready. I'm going to score goals. Right from when he pretended to throw the, the ball into, into the Tottenham end. He always had that little bit extra. And I think Smith Rowe, you see him walking out today, he's got the same thing. And so I just think he's going to be our difference maker against Spurs for the next decade. And I'm, I'm so excited about it. And on that goal... Outside of the fantastic run of Smith Rowe, the, the off the ball movement 
of all the players streaming into that box is something that I felt we really, really lacked. And, uh, it, you know, it, 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 it was fantastic to see, you know, like even better to see Saka make the pass as well. You know, like he, Saka really needed that. I think Saka has needed, um, you know, the, the Wimbledon game in the week, um, you know, he came on and he was the difference. And then to, to, to be the difference in a North London derby, it's those big games that bond players to a project. Yeah. And I, my worry today was... You lose that game and you beat Brighton. Four out of five wins is good on paper. But Johnny and I were talking before you came on. Still not quite convincing. You don't beat Spurs today. It puts all of the other games um, we, in the we, shadow. We had to win. And I don't know if you noticed it, but some of the celebrations today were eerily reminiscent of Thierry Henry versus Spurs. Yes. He slide. And yeah. Do not tell me that they would not be talking about it all season going, if we score against Tottenham, I'm doing that. Because I was there that day. It's the best goal I've ever seen scored live in my life. He ran the whole length of the pitch and then ran the other whole length right in front of the Spurs fans. And today we had them all doing knee slides. They all and, did knee slides, didn't and, they? And, all, and, all of them did knee slides. And then when Saka did it, he did it with the stony face Thierry Henry. And you're like, and then he just did that little Saka smile. And you're just like, oh, so, so sweet. <laughs> it was wonderful. It, it was delicious. And the fact is, is yeah, sometimes you don't even know whether these guys have had a word of a PR agent. And it's just like, yeah, we can't guarantee that you're going to score over. But if you do, we want a knee slide in that corner of the stadium. Thierry will be in there wearing his retro Arsenal outfit and the Arsenal fans will be jubilated. Ju- uh, jubilant, I should say. Um, it's so true. The, the, the fact is, is, you know, Pete, Hinted it. I know we're talking about Oba, but let's talk more broadly anyway about how significant this win was. I think one of the things that happens is people are kind of reluctant to place too much importance on individual games. And I understand that. It's like otherwise we might be going, you know, again, when we judge our tear in, out each week. Oh, good result, bad week. But the problem is, is at some point, you have to judge it on games because there are some games that are more important than others. And if yes. you don't win them, then we're not doing well enough. You know, if we lose the North London derbies, if we lose in those cup games, then those are individual games that you can go, we lost that game and it's I'm judging it off that because it's not good enough. So, of course, I think this is an important result. It, it, there's no other way to look at it because if we got beat today it changes the lens with which we view our previous results. And we then start looking at two results, Burnley away and Norwich away. And though I was positive, you might have seen my tweets. I know I didn't do the opinion podcast that day, but the fact is it is a significant result because going to Burnley, is, it's a hard place to go. A lot of teams won't get wins there, you know, but Norwich at home, you should win at home. Yeah. It's that simple. But then you can also look at the Chelsea game and the City game, which I was very despondent after and say, look, they're the European champions and the Premier League champions. What do you want from us? We're not there yet. But you could also say, I, I, I thought the performance was so poor that, you know, I, I, we've got to do better than that against a team like that. It's not even demanding a win. I wasn't demanding a win. I just don't want to, you know, just just roll over. But, but also, also, Brent, also Brent... Johnny, it's like that Brentford game becomes so important because if yeah. we'd beaten Brentford, we're two points off top. Yeah. And and like and that's what we were saying at the time, and that's where they've got to manage these things better because that's a game that you can win with shit t- with, with with less good players. But to, yeah. to uh, again, like not excuse making, but to contextualise the Brentford game, it wasn't just uh, nine injuries. 
it was the, um, the we had prepared a squad to go and play Brentford, and on the on the Friday they find out that there's COVID. On the Saturday, when they have to test everybody, they don't know who's got it in the system. The players can't even. I don't even think the players went up on the same coach because they couldn't risk uh, a massive outbreak. Then you start a game with. Uh, a player that never played a Premier League game in their life against a team playing their cup final. I don't think, uh, like, it doesn't matter what, you know, We yes, we should beat Brentford, but this is a side that scored against three goals against Liverpool um, yesterday, who will basically be the Sheffield United of this season. So, yes, we should be doing better. But I think when you say, well, if Liverpool can't beat Brentford at home with their best side and they are one of the best teams in the world, then expecting Arsenal with that rank side um, to you know, and also, like, let's remember one of the goals that we conceded were like Bert Leno was pinned on his goal line that shouldn't have yep. stood as well. So, but I think now, now with uh, four games on the bounce, you're allowed, I'm allowed to contextualize that, and yep. you can say, okay, we can say that because I, I actually think the biggest concern going into game four was everybody's given up on the project, the football's not going to move forward. Arteta is a dead man walking. And we all yeah. felt that. Even number one yeah. fanboy me was feeling that. Arteta's behaviour for the Brentford game was shocking. But let's 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 see what's happened since then. Arteta has pivoted. Yeah. Make no mistake about it. Arteta has pivoted his behaviour. You just got to watch I watch all his press conferences. Last season, one of my biggest complaints. He never pumps players. He's pumping all his players. He's giving you a little bit more detail. Like uh, Eddie and Ketias have rough treatment over the last year. And he said, Eddie and Ketias sets the example for everybody. That, no chance he's saying that last season. Arteta is explaining more about the project. Arteta is trying to bring the fans into the project. Finally, this is what I'm trying to, trying to do. Yeah. The, the club are briefing Sky Sports about this is what we're doing so that Gary Gary Neville doesn't go on and say, I don't understand the strategy. I think that they were talking about it before the game, and Grand Sunis was saying, oh, Arteta should be complaining about this strategy of young players. Like, baffling. But Arsenal are starting to communicate better. Arteta is starting to radiate that he is a leader and that he's pumping these players and that the fans should come along for the ride. And then what happens when all of that changes? You get better performances on the pitch. And also, when players come back in, you get better performances. You know? Pete, what, what I just wanted to bring it back to is this is kind of, and, and you're making good points, but the fact is, is this is coming back to my original point of there are some results that you can achieve, like some successes that can alter the lens with which we review. Uh, it just changes the context of results. Yeah. Like So all of your, you know, party political broadcast about a Brentford game, you know, <laughs> suddenly that holds that holds a lot yeah. more credibility. Yeah. Because yeah. the fact is, is if we got rolled over by Tottenham today, you can go, but we lost to Brentford. I don't care about Liverpool struggling to get, a, you know, getting a draw there. I, we should be beaten. So, but the fact is, is because we win these key games, you can, history is is painted by the winners. And at the end of the day, True. we're the winners today. And we can look back on those six games and say, do you know what? Yep. Well, I've got I've got new evidence. The last three games have looked very positive. And, you know, that Brentford game, some other teams will struggle there. And at the end of the day, we lost to Chelsea and City. You know what? That's no that's no shame in and in of itself. Um, and so if Arteta is going to find a, back, a way back, to salvation as Arsenal manager, this is how he does it. It's just that simple. Um, you know, am I fully bought in and completely convinced we're there yet? No, I'm not. Se- I'm not selling myself that that way yet. But 
as I stated, if he is going to be a success, this is going to do him no end of good. Yeah. This is what was needed, and he delivered today, so well and, done. And a, and a couple of other points, just before, Matt, you jump in, but um, two other things that needed, uh, that, that I felt were pretty obvious, but like you had to get into an argument online. Um, the Norwich game, there was a lot of good. There were a lot of good things happening on an individual level against Norwich, but it was clunky. And my point after that, and it was a win, is these players have never played together. Of course, it's going to be clunky. It's going to take a while to build out that cognitive style of football that Arteta wants to play. The Burnley game. Fantastic performance, right? You know, we all, we all said it. Great performance because we're not really good at playing those types of games. But the passing was off. It was just like 5% off. And people after the game were saying, oh, these Arsenal fans that think Arsenal um, are 5% away from clicking are wrong. The, the grass was, wasn't was mowed. They didn't water the pitch. And the reason the passing was 5% off is because they couldn't find their weight. Well, what happened when we're back at the carpet today? The passing was 5% better and the football was 100% better off the back of it. And it's like, I don't feel like a lot of, a lot of fans don't give Arteta the benefit of the doubt because he cracked, like Matt always says it, he says Arteta crashed his fan capital. He got loads of fan capital after the FA Cup final win, but that run up until last December was shocking. And he's only just starting to get a little bit of that credit back and maybe if we have another game where the passing is 5% off, people will say, well, you know, this, this, this is a team learning to gel together. But you give young players time, you give them encouragement, um, and you trust that the system, it was pretty decent second half of the season, but with better players, it will get better. I mean, you're looking uh, at the, the, the beginnings of a really good side, a young side that bonded today. And now the thing is, don't go to Brighton and fuck it up. Yep. Don't drop off and lose against Brighton because then that puts us back a step. But um, I, I think time, um, and let's let's move on to the next subject because I, I really want to get into this because this is my I just want to chat. I want to chat about Aubameyang quickly because... Yes, uh, sorry. Yes, so I, I, had, really I, had, about him. I had a quick point on that, which was, you know, normally 99% of players, the worst thing you want is for them to turn into Billy Big Bollocks. The worst thing you want is for them to start getting flashed. The worst thing you want is for them to be spending time out and about, like being, you know, out late. Obama Yang, I think, is the one exception to that rule. And so when I saw in the week that he had all these stars shaved into the side of his head, I was like, I feel like we've got Obama Yang back. Because the last thing you want is for this guy to be reserved and in bed by 9pm. I honestly feel like I, I want to see him out at 3am. I want him shaving shit in his head. I want metallic gold Lamborghinis. I want him to be absolutely outrageous. Because for some reason, when that guy is feeling like that guy and is out doing all those things, that's when he doesn't think when the ball comes to him. He just scores. And as soon as he becomes a little bit reserved, a little bit conservative, He's he's like he's average, and so as sure. soon as as soon as I saw him doing that, I was I, like, I love that I, point. I was like, I think he's ready to rock. Like like that's a sign for me that Obama is ready to get like super metallic body on his new on his new car. He's ready to roll. And then today the finish was outstanding. He was outstanding. He's back. I want him to be ridiculous, Johnny. What do you think? I I, I agree. You know, I do think that there are some players that <laughs> need to be. Point. 
that need to be, you know, that they need to have their uh, feathers puffed and, and, and they need to just feel like they're, you know, um, they, they play they play with a swagger and it's so often those attacking players, they need that arrogance almost to be able to feel confident enough. To, the thing with Ober in recent times is he's looked like a player who suddenly started to have to think before he did something. Yeah. And, and when he was at his best, it was instinctive. Everything was instinctive. He was so lethal because he didn't take that touch to steady himself. It would just come to him, whack, it's in the net. Don't I'm running off, mate. You know what I mean? I want to see Oba with the metaphorical Black Panther mask in his shorts. He needs to know that he's going to do a nonsense. Do you know what I mean? He's going to do a madness, and at some point, the mask is going on. Get some other masks in there if you want. You know what I mean? But obviously, Wakanda forever and all that. But the fact is, is... You know, I want him going into a game with the mask in his shorts, metaphorically, yeah. because he knows something's going to happen. And I don't think Aubameyang's had a mask in his shorts for a while, to be honest. So <laughs> These um... points that you're making, oh, Matt and Johnny, on fire. I love this. So tr- I, I completely agree. He definitely hasn't had a celebration up his sleeve for a long time. <laughs> no. and if, he, if he's not riling the Daily Mail with a chromed-out car... Yeah. You know that you've got a problem. You yeah, know that you've got a problem. absolutely. He needs to be. I want him. I want him walking out of a nightclub at six a.m. on match day with a vodka tonic, going straight to the ground and banging a hat trick. You know what I mean? That's just making need up him. words like fifty. Yeah, exactly. That's what we need. And that, that that finish was not an easy finish. He made it look easy, but it was bobbling around. He just tucked it away beautifully. I mean, he's back. And I think, it, I think it also helps that it's, we're not doing that stupid thing where we're like, oh, is it over Laka? I think it's over. It, it's over and then Laka's back up. And, 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 and the reason for that is because Laka's going at the end of the season. So sign a contract or, or go. But like, we've, we know what it is. There's none of this. Oh, you know, it's, I think and, clarity is good. And let's give ourselves some credit. We said that the best strategy for Ober heading into his 33rd year is to surround him with young players that can do the legwork for him. And I think we found that today. And just, not even legwork, pass just, work as well. Just one one little quick point. I know we're going to move on. But um, uh, in terms of Ober's um, return to form, if you like, I can't help but if I was going to plot a very small graft, graph, I should say, um, Thomas Party's return. How often do we keep seeing Thomas Party hitting Ober with these balls? That You know, they're sick. They, so like good. he is, you don't think of party as being a creator like that, but he is. If Ober gets back into full form, some of these passes from party, there was one today which was absolute world class pick out for him. Not everyone could do it, it's just that simple. He picks him out, and Ober could a, a, a peak Ober takes that in his stride and gets you know a one on one with a keeper. So maybe party is going to build up a bit of a bond with him, who knows? But whatever happens, I said it before. You know, if we want to achieve our goals, Oba on top form has to be, you know, involved in that. It's that simple. 100%. All right. So we're going into the last topic. Uh, new signings. Now, uh, I was doing a little bit of chest thumping before the podcast because the very internet people that seem to take up a lot of oxygen online were adamant that our summer signings were rubbish, adamant that the needle was not moved this summer. And 
the reason that they were like that is because they were uninformed about who we were signing. I have, I've been taking names. All the people that said Emerson Royal should have been our right back. Garbage on the bench. I was taking names that everybody that said Christian Romero was better than Ben White. 60 million pound defender on the bench again today. I was... I was out here reading all the comments and saying Tommy Asu was rubbish. Sky Sports News running stories. Tommy Asu was offered to every Premier League club and only Arsenal moved for him. Well, thank the Lord for that. Um, and, you know, Aaron Ramsdale, I'm not going to take too much credit for backing Aaron Ramsdale, but Aaron Ramsdale was a risky signing and Arteta went big for him and we've got a character. We've got somebody with extremely big hands and a tremendously reminiscent of the famous Thomas Vermaelen uh, leave. So I want to I wanna get a, a hot take from you both on, like, how are we feeling about the summer's business um, a couple of months into the season? I don't think... well, sorry, go on, Matt. Go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I don't think it could be going any better because the one thing that unites all of these players, and we've touched on it, is they seem like big characters and we haven't had enough big characters around the club. So, you know, um, it seems like, the issue of, of that has been addressed throughout all of these. Um, they're all potential, so we don't know yet. It's way too early. I mean, as us, we're so guilty of that, you know, oh, it's the new Messi, it's the new Vieira, whatever. Like, we always get into that. But the one thing that seems to be consistent is we try to find leaders, captains, people who shout. So at the moment, you know, and we're... And technical, technical specificity as it well. Seem, it, it Every seems player like made it. sense, it, right? It, it, seem, it seems like it. Ramsdale... That we're watching Leno, we're going, oh, is it really a priority to upgrade on Leno? You know, is he that bad? He's still a decent goalkeeper. Oh, yeah, we should have got a free kick against Brentford. Like, we're just seeing the benefit of having a technically strong person at the back. You know, Tommy Esso, we're like, oh, but we've got Bellerin and maybe Maitland-Niles. He's coming and going. This is what a proper right back looks like. Conga looks like he could be a good player as well. Odegaard is just like... I can't believe we were thinking about Madison. It's his leadership qualities more than his creative skills that are really showing up. So all of these players are stepping up. Ben White, again, looks like it looks like a regular in the, in the team. And maybe we were judging him a little bit early. Looks way better alongside a player like Gabriel. So at the moment, the signings look good to me. I'm really excited about them. Obviously, we were all like, I mean, the main reason we we're boarding everyone out is because we didn't have them in place early enough. That was the main reason. It's just like, come on, Arsenal. We do this every year. Why are we always doing this? And I still feel a little bit like that. But, you know, if the Arsenal management came out and go, they weren't available, what do you want? Pay an extra 10 million to get them in 15 days earlier? That doesn't make sense. Then maybe, you know, you'd go along with that now. So I feel good about them. Obviously, there's so much work to be done in the squad because you look back at what was playing in the first three games. Mari, Holding, Leno, you're like, I mean, it's it's dross. There's a lot of dross in there. Maybe we needed to raise our standards about what we what we accept. So, good signings makes me feel a bit more positive. I'm not even going to get into why this new strategy started this year rather than last because we've already wasted a load of money. And so, and everyone's and everyone has got away with that. No one has questioned that. Gone. Well, hang on a minute. Like, are you now saying you made a mistake with like a hundred million pounds last season? And and they've got away with that. And they're very lucky to have gotten away with that. That would be my take. 
Johnny, uh, how, how are you feeling about um, the new signings and, you know, who's really, who, who's your standout out of the, the six so far? Well, no, I mean, Matt's just, you know, put a grenade out there and I'll be damned if I'm not going to go and investigate it, quite frankly. Um, Don't investigate a grenade if it's been thrown at you. Oh, I know. I might might have to poke it with a stick. But um, no, you know, the fact is, is I'll I'll certainly say that I am definitely someone who questions why this, you know, why we were sold this strategy that I think a lot of people are on board with. Well, great. But why did it have to take 18 months to get it? Bizarre. But uh, and so that has also led to my scepticism of Arteta yeah. and the you know the overall club and their strategy. However, you know the fact is is in terms of our outlook as fans on Arteta and certainly the people who are like minded with myself, Arteta has to do two things. Number one, one of the biggest things that we've um, had big issues with is um, recruitment. His his whole thing last year, as I've, as we were just hinting at, was a disaster. There was so you know what I said earlier a few weeks ago. We have rolled with about a fifty percent clip in terms of our hit rate. You know, half the players are decent, and half the players are just absolutely you know a, a, have been a joke. Like Willian is a, 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 a it's not bad. It was a disaster. Like that yeah. was that's appalling, and you can get sacked off of acquisitions like that. It's not. I'm not overplaying this. That is a serious. That, that's a egregious error. But the fact is, is there's two things Arteta can do. One, he can include. He can improve his hit rate in terms of transfers coming in. I know it's not all down to him, but he's certainly involved in it. And so, if this crop of players, I'm, and I was saying a couple of weeks ago, if we're going off of last year's, half of these guys ain't going to work out. Well, right now. It looks like more than half are going to work out. I can't guarantee all of them, but Tommy Asso looks like a, this guy is going to be sick. I don't see a shit performance. You know, I don't see him just going shit. I think he's decent. Ramsdale, good start. We'll see, but good start. Ben White, good start. And the Conga looks very good as well. So it looks like this crop is better than 50%. And so this is the right way for Arteta to redeem himself on that front. The other massive issue is on-field performances. And the fact is, is that the way that we were playing not only led to shit results, shit results, you know what I mean? Like, come on. It's not, it's, it's been eye-catching. But also, the performances have been so poor. And what, what got me more than anything was my disillusionment when it came to our attacking play. You can't score a goal in three games. We looked like we didn't, we could have been playing, you know, forever and not scored goals the way that we were going. And what's happened over the last few games is... Slowly but surely, we're looking more coherent. We're looking like the fans can start to see the plan that is taking place. And shout out to um, the sensational Mike McDonald who did that article on the Grove. And if you haven't read it, you should check it out with regards to the, um, you know, tactical um, uh, style that we're trying to uh, uh, approach with, with the juego de posición. Thank you. Uh, That, that, Perfect pronunciation was uh, free of charge, guys. But um, basically, he does a wonderful breakdown of what he is at least saying, this is what Arteta is trying to do. And that helped me as a fan just go, do you know what? Whether or not this is the right way that we should be approaching um, Arsenal Football Club's season, that's still up for debate. I I think he made a couple of leaps within the article that that is what we should be doing. However, I'm just pleased that 
you've shown me that there is a plan and we are trying to achieve something and we're getting closer to achieving that. So for me, I think that these have to be two tick marks in Arteta's camp. Not only does the recruitment at this moment in time look decent, but also we're starting to see the sense behind the madness when it comes to the way that we're setting up games and playing. And, you know, the the major litmus test for Arteta is whether we can keep this going consistently. Because if we keep with this boom or bust football, then it's irrelevant, these high points, because they'll be married with some real low points. What we need to do is get to a, a place where we have more highs than lows. And then, obviously, it's going to be better for all Arsenal fans and we'll start to see, you know, some some light at the end of the tunnel. And the one thing I'll say, Johnny, to that, which which you reminded me of, is that we signed Gabriel and Partey last year, and we and we forget about that because we go, oh, last year transfer was a disaster because of Suarez and Mari and because Partey didn't really play and Willian. But you know what? Like if if we come out of this and we build a team that wins trophies, and Gabriel and Partey are like the spine, two of the spine of the team. We'll look back on that first window and go, fuck me, Artis's first window. He put in the foundations for a winning team. So it's that same point, which is when you win, you get to write history how you want to write it. And so we'll either look back and go, what the fuck was he doing with Suarez and Mari and Willian? And that was just a case in point of his ineptitude. Or we'll go, he always knew what he was doing because he put Gabriel and Partey in in that first window and they were the foundation for this team. So... Yeah, you know, I think that's that's a great point. Uh, I, I I love those comments on the signings. We've got a couple of. Uh, I wanted to just zip through a couple of fan comments because there's some questions in there that I think you two might have a comment on. We've got Mark Burbage. Great show, lads. Are we going to give the nod to the owners for giving Arteta the backing and time, or are we still cronky out? And uh, it, very pertinent considering Daniel Ek was hanging out with Big Thierry in the stands today. Uh, I hand it over to you both. What do you think? Well, that was a real political move, anyway, wasn't it? With yeah. old Ecky, you oh, know. Yeah. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. Like yeah. at the end of the day, you're rocking up. I mean, if ever those were the horses at the gates of Troy, you know, it's like I'm with Thierry. We've got him looking dripping right now, yeah. and I'm here next to him. Oh, sorry, am I on camera? Oh, and I think Thierry's son was getting involved as well. It was, yeah. it was Game of Thrones shit. Nice. Um, let let you know. Thanks, Mark, for um, giving the shout out to the great show. Um, that, that's nice of you. But overall, I'm still crunky out. I don't like the guys. That's how serious it is with me. But you know what? Ultimately, the noise one way or another will go quieter if Arsenal were successful. What I don't like and what they'll never really get me back on is one, the way they acted with the Europe, uh, European Super League really spoke to what they believe is important. And I just don't feel the connection with the owners. So I'll always, you know, unless something dramatic happens, be cronky out, but I don't care. The fact is, is if they can help us get where we need to be, you know, then so be it. Like, great. Simple. Matt? Yeah, I don't think it's like an intentional effort to give him the backing in time. I think they're just sort of like half a pace behind the pace of modern football. And, and it's just more hassle to really deliberate over whether he's the right person or the wrong person so I still think we'd benefit from better management but they've also backed backed the manager with more funding than any other team in Europe so right now I'm sort of like passively neutral I think we've got another uh, question it's from Imram on Twitch 
big credit to Arteta for setting the team up properly. Pepe has been good on paper for the first few games to so take him out the start in the level was a brave choice. I wanted to ask you too, uh, has, has Saka made it difficult for Pepe to get back into the side for the Brighton game? Do we think the Saka on the right is is where he's going to go this season or is is this just a, you know game by game basis? No, but it's, it, for me, is that's um, you know a bit of a kind of false way of putting it. I think because it's not Saka or Pepe, because it's just as easy. Has Smith Rowe made it hard for yeah. Pepe to come back in? Has Erdegaard, who I think is the biggest issue for Pepe, because for me, Saka's better than Pepe. I don't, I, yeah. don't, I don't know anyone who doesn't see that. He's definitely better. Than, Saka is our best attacking player. That's how I see it. Until Oba shows that, you know, there's something else going on. Smith Rowe, it's great to see this encouraging performance. And when he's playing like this, he's certainly not getting dropped. And Odegaard has been, you know, absolute class since getting back in this team. And and, and like you say, hats off, there's been leadership there from him. That free kick at Burnley, obviously I didn't do that podcast, but that was that's the nuts. And that's people standing up and saying, you know what, I'm better than these guys. I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to take it on me. And just and just start lacing these guys up and well done, Martin Odegaard. Great stuff. Um, but yeah, for me, I I definitely think that Pepe is he's not a star in this team. I he needs to seriously have words with himself mentally if he is gonna break through as someone who's integral to our team moving forward. Otherwise, this way that we're looking right now, this is the way that we move forward. Hundred percent. I think um Pepe is a poor man's Kano in that he brings a lot of unpredictability and has a lot of output without actually adding a lot to our all-round play. And I always used to love Kanu, but Kanu wasn't a regular player, first like starter in our best teams of 2002, 2003, 2004. He wasn't. He, he wasn't. So I see Pepe in his... In the best possibility for Pepe is that he could play a Kanu-esque role where we're one all, we're one down, We've got 30 minutes to go and he can come on and be an Arsenal legend by scoring goals and bringing us back into games and showing that unpredictability. But in a highly structured pattern of play uh, team like we're becoming, uh, where pace and power are important, um, I just don't think he's got a role. So I think he's got a role in the squad, but um, sub, sub for me. Yeah. And, and, and just on that, uh, Pete, as well, you know, for anyone who's ready to jump on that point and say, you know what, um, like Pepe and Carney play nothing alike. They're not similar. Pepe's fast. Carney wasn't particularly fast. I think, you know, to double down on what Matt's saying, it's not that they play in a similar style. It's that they have a similar impact on the game and they're unpredictable in the same way. And on that front, I thought you made a really good point in terms of what Smith Rowe could be in terms of his influence on this Arsenal team. And it's Perez-like. Yeah. Everyone talks about Burkamp, but I actually think it's Perez because it's what you can do is you have the ability to completely take hold of a game, take completely control of the game um, on yourself. You've got that much ability. You can score big goals. You are comfortable as being part of the build-up play. You can spot a pass. And that is what I think Perez uh, 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 Smith-Rowe should be aiming for, to be a... Pires rather than a Burkham. I think those are, in terms of your impact, that is what Smith Rowe should be aiming for. And I think, you know, after a ga- after a game like today, he could achieve it. He could achieve it. Love those comments, guys. So we've got a couple more. Um, uh, Azam Hassan, 
he's, the, the question is about talk about the role of Jagger, which I think we've done quite extensively today. But what I quite like in his comment is he said, um, talks about uh, tactical fouling. I don't know whether anybody else noticed it today. There were some good tactical fouls from Jacker. Sambi Lakonga took one for the team um, like very late on and broke up a run. And Obama Yang, because he looks like such a nice guy, he gets away with it. He was doing it all game. It's almost reminiscent of um, Sergio Aguero at Manchester City. Do you think Arsenal are getting a little bit smarter um, with some of the dark arts? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and that, it is a good point. So well done, Azam. Um, you know, that is what Xhaka does. But the problem is, is you walk a, you walk a very thin tightrope, don't you, when you do that? And you are, you know, you're a referee in a bad mood away from maybe getting sent off. I, I had some Tottenham fans that I know texting me going, it's a disgrace. Xhaka shouldn't be on the field. And I, it was just music to my ears, honestly. Like, just read it and you just laugh and you, your hair stand up and you go, sorry, guys, you've been showing up. I said to him, I sent a text back going, listen, we showed you what top half football looks like, and you couldn't live with it. You know, they couldn't live with it. So, yeah, we've put a working on them, and um, I couldn't be happier. Awesome. And uh, la- last comment, uh, and this is just blowing smoke up my own ass here. Um, <laughs> uh, Kayana and Kunga. Hey, Pedro, much love from Kenya. There's a big African uh, uh, contingent that read the Grove. So, um, appreciate you coming in from Kenya. Been a fan of the blog for since 2012. Good work, man. It seems your faith and belief might be paying off. And just the point on this, like the only reason that I have faith in Arteta is because I like the idea. I like the strategy that they've got. And I have a bit of a newfound empathy for how long it takes to get things done in football. But the, you know, it doesn't matter how good the idea is. It doesn't matter how good the chat is. Unless you deliver results like today, it means absolutely nothing. So um, I'm happy for all Arsenal fans today because we've been through the ringer and it was uh, it's amazing to finally have something to brag about. And the football today showed where it could go. The young players showed their character and potential. And uh, the result gives us bragging rights for um, for the next week. So very excited there. All right, guys, any any parting comments? Um, because I think we're at the, the, the thank you portion of the podcast. I think I'd just say we've got, Brent, we've got Brighton next week and then I think Brighton could be top of the league if they win tomorrow. Yeah, prank. So, uh, Patrick Vieira's Crystal Palace. So we were looking at that and going, okay, like that's an easy three points in our like, you know, no, no, tough no. run at the beginning. But now we could be playing the toughest game of the lot next week. So this means nothing if we don't go and give take the three points of Brighton next week. So more to look forward to. But also, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, on, on that, great. Um, very pleased with today. And ultimately, we, as Matt said, need to take this forward and use it for generating confidence um, to attack the next game. We we need to just keep amassing points. But for all those, and, and, and I encourage all the Gooners who is watching this or listening to this to do this, just go back on Twitter three weeks ago, okay? All them people, they were... National news presenters, weathermen, making jokes about the beloved Arsenal, taking the piss, okay? At the end of the day, Tottenham Hotspur, top of the league, Arsenal, bottom of the league, they haven't scored a goal. What's happened? Okay, it's not even been a month. You're taking the piss, talking about the fucking geezer filming all or nothing DVD is going to be like Leo DiCaprio meme, okay? <laughs> well, I bet he's fucking smiling now because we're turning it on. 
and I'll be watching this episode and I'll be loving it. There, yes. have that. Where's uh, I want to see the screaming man in car. Where's your latest update, mate? It's not good enough. <laughs> it's not good enough. Oh, well, so uh, that was a fantastic episode. Um, thank you to everybody that's listening across Facebook, YouTube, Twitch and Twitter. Um, you make the show better with your comments. We really appreciate that. If you're listening to it on a, on your podcast, we really appreciate it. Like traffic through the summer has gone through the roof and it's nice to see that you all like listening to the football podcast as, as much as the transfer one-offs. Um, just remember, get onto iTunes, give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the show. Share with your mum, share with your dad, put it in your WhatsApp group chats because this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Matt, thank you for jumping on. I know that you had to run back from the bar to, to make it here today <laughs> and work through some technical problems. Johnny, uh, tell people where they can find you on the internet because your little uh, name tag isn't on here. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm at I, Johnny Cochran, and all my socials. Um, do follow me. That's great. I've also got a little uh, buy me a coffee link if anyone wants to buy me a coffee and say cheers. Um, it's something that comedians are doing now. So that's, I love that's that. the future. Yeah, yeah I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. Well, uh, you've both been excellent today. Some unbelievable commentary on the Spurs game. If you're listening and you're an Arsenal fan, make sure you enjoy this week. We've got bragging whites for a while. Arsenal are back. Um, we'll be on the whistle for the Brighton game next week. And on that note, ciao for now. Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more. Surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 red roses for $10 more. Go to 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1-800-Flowers.com slash tune in. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hello, it's me, Thomas Enders. Have you listened to my new podcast yet? Modern Talking, Just Different. Now everywhere where you find your podcasts. And it's really true. You won't get closer to me anywhere else recorded in my living room. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Now in your favorite podcast app, Modern Talking, Just Different. We have a date. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.